Is it on? Is that who, who is this? <laughs> Just listen to the voice and follow me into the light, Carol Ann. I'm answering questions. Hold on. All right, move along, ma'am. Move along. I'll be back. We're going to finish this later. Bye. Bam. And hey, you guys. Remember me? Yes, I know it's been a while. Have you had a good summer? Did you miss us? Can I get an amen? Oh, Yes, hello, 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 squirrel friends. I'm John Polly, a producer on RuPaul's Drag Race and a Drag Race historian. And welcome, welcome, welcome to the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast, or as we like to call it, She's already the hair hurt. So, all I can say is it's fun to be back. Yes, this podcast, the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast, has been on summer vacation. But for now, let's catch up because RuPaul's Drag Con stormed into New York City, and I was there, the queens were there, fans were there, and even the queens from the upcoming RuPaul's Drag Race UK were there. And later in this podcast, you'll get to hear from many of your favorites, like Ms. Vanjie, Evie Oddly, Jiggly Caliente, and Yes, you may call her Jiggly. La Ganja. So many of them. But first, to kick off DragCon in New York on Friday, September 6th at 4 p.m., we did a live official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast on stage. Picture it. DragCon just opened. The crowds are storming in. UK queens are there. Fans are there. VIPs are there. And on the main stage, on the DragCon floor, in the middle of it all, I am sitting there on stage at a table with microphones, and I'm joined by Simon Doonan, who is the world-famous style icon. He's an author. He's a TV personality. He's the legendary creative guru of Barney's New York. He was like their window dresser, although that term seems kind of minimalist compared to all the stuff he did. But he's just a creative force in New York over the last like 30 years. So Simon has a brand new book out called Drag, The Complete Story. And it is this big, gorgeous compendium of all things drag. There's like drag history, art drag, comedy drag, pop star drag, everything from like Boy George to Sylvester, and of course RuPaul. Lots of drag race queens are in it, Dame Edna. So he came on stage at DragCon and we were joined by the divine RuPaul's Drag Race queens, Mill and Kennedy Davenport. So they all got together on stage and we had a podcast in front of an audience there. And this is what you're going to hear now. Here we go. Hello, 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 squirrel friends. And hello, DragCon. I'm John Polly, a producer on RuPaul's Drag Race and a Drag Race historian. And welcome, welcome, welcome to the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast, or as we like to call it, Sheena already the hair hurts. Well, it's Rue, but hey. (laughs) Brought to you by World of Wonder and VH1, this podcast takes you inside the big pink furry box that is RuPaul's Drag Race. Every podcast, I'm joined by drag race insiders and judges, drag aficionados, and most importantly, the queens who have made history. And we'll talk about the show, drag in general, and things of that nature. But today, we're here to kick off DragCon with a chat with a superstar in the design, TV, and literary world, a style icon a TV star, a judge on the amazing reality competition show Making It, and the world's most famous window dresser turned best-selling author who's got a brand new book called Drag, The Complete Story, Simon Doonan. <laughs> Hi, Simon. Bonjour. How are you? I'm glad to see you've got my discount coupons here. Yes, we have discount coupons for the book. We'll pass them out at the end, and you can, well, get a discount on the book. And the proceeds go to the Alley Forney Center, which helps house homeless LGBTQ youth in New York and all over. So. Um, and as I said before, we have two extra special guests from season six of RuPaul's Drag Race and All-Stars 3. Fresh from a summer, starring in her own one-queen show in Provincetown called Alfie. It's milking time. Hey, Milk! Hi, everybody! Hi, DragCon! Y'all are so close. <laughs> Y'all are, like, spitting okay. distance. Uh, that, that'll happen. <sighs> also, we are graced with the Dancing Diva of Texas, star of Drag Race Season 7, runner-up of All-Stars 3, and the current reigning Miss Gay US of A, Newark LaGuardia Kennedy! Hi! Hey, everybody! So first I just want to know Simon Milk Kennedy Do you all know each other? Milk Kennedy, have you met? (laughs) Yeah A few times I voted for Kennedy 
that one time. You did. I did. She voted against me that one time, too. <laughs> but that's fine. We've we used to it. be in the same interpretive dance troupe, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> it was tall we do a and dance? small and glamorous. Yeah. I don't do oohs and ahs. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Simon and I have met uh, through the New York New York City moments, I guess. Um, and so I'm very excited to be here and talk about drag. Yes, yes, the yes. The complete story. Um, Not half the story. No, the complete story. The complete story. The All complete of it. Story. All of it. And Simon, what, what do you know of Kennedy and Milk? What's your, what's your impressions of these superstars? Well, I just know that every time I saw them on RuPaul's Drag Race, I was completely mesmerized. Like, I had to take tranquilizers to get to sleep that night. Like, they were so talented and radiating charisma. I had to lay in a darkened room for three weeks. So be <laughs> Thank My you. That's why you're all here. You're not here to see me. Let's find... <laughs> These two are unbelievable. Thank you. Wow, those words. Yeah. Sorry about those darkened days for you. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds lovely. Sometimes it's just too good to you, honey. <laughs> now, drag is all about self-invention, self-expression, and Simon is kind of the embodiment of that. He comes from humble beginnings in Reading in the UK, as an industrial city? How would you describe it? Yeah, I w actually, when I was 16, I worked in a bottle top factory. Top that for realness, girls. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but, you know, I clawed my way. I saw in the distance the glamour shimmering on the horizon and clawed my way out of obscurity. To become a global-style yeah. impresario. Hello. Hey. And all thanks to retail. How many people here work in retail? Retail's oh, come a great on. Bloody yeah. There's a lot of people not admitting it. <laughs> yes. I've seen you, Victoria's Secret. Um, no, retail, I'm forever grateful. Yeah. And window display was very good to me in fashion. Yeah. You're saying something about your windows. Like, back in the day, you also used to create from nothing. You'd take, like, a, 20 pairs of pantyhose and make a display or, like... Yeah, I mean, it was very drag-tastic. Yeah. So when, when I watch RuPaul's Drag Race, I'm very aware of the process of, you know, wigs and makeup and finding some insane dress and putting the model up on a block and making everything look demented and exaggeration. So yeah. window display has to be has to have that sense of exaggeration and drama that you guys you're thinking about that 24 hours a day. Yes. Wait, why hasn't there been a window display challenge? Don't noted. Wait. Okay. Write it down. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm joining the RuPaul's Drag Race team. Consider that stolen. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, but first, Simon, I want to dive into the book a little bit. Why this book? What moved you? Because it is comprehensive. It's historic, and there's it's fun and full of gorgeous photos. But why? Why did you do this book? Well. I want to ask the audience a question. Is this moment in time now that we're living in, is drag important? Yes. Yeah. Right, so this is an incredibly important moment for drag because for, I think there's four reasons. Like drag is going through this extraordinary reinvention. It's explosive. It's fascinating. We're all completely in awe of drag. And first reason is... Um, you know, we're going through this gender revolution. There's a gender revolution going on that no one saw coming. It's affecting every aspect of culture. And drag has become very much part of that. So that's something that's never happened before in our lifetime. And then secondly, there's this reinvention of drag through meticulous artistry. Because Kennedy will vouch for this. In the old days, drag was like... And pull on a wig and out the door. Now what you see is this extraordinary artistry, like someone like you is an extraordinary skill performer. Milk looks at drag conceptually, artistically. There's this new creative energy in drag that we've never seen before. We've never seen faces like what Kim Chi does. We've never seen someone cavorting about the way you can. You're like an exquisite performer. And, and then the, artist, the art drag that Milk brings. So we've never had that before. And then there's the Trump bump. The Trump bump. Like the politicizing of drag 
where you've got Meryl Streep dragging up as Donald Trump. You've got drag satirizing aspects of politics. You know, so that's another very important moment. Because when, before I started this book, like it's three years work, slogging away. It takes a lot of time to do a book. Why drag? Why now? It's those reasons. Yeah. And I think, I know when Drag Race launched in 2009, it started airing, right as Obama was inaugurated, Rue said, okay, now this is the time, because before the, t- the times weren't welcome to drag. But I think now, since themes have flipped around, it's even more the time for drag and drag race to make a difference that and, was have, my and have fourth, a voice. That was my yeah. fourth reason. Is yeah. The fourth reason to do it now is 100% RuPaul. Yeah. Like what he's brought this to a global landscape and in, in a way that no one could have predicted. It's incredible what he's done. Yeah. And I um I always um people ask me especially the newcomers mm-hmm. about drag and how to get started and stuff. And the first thing that I tell everybody that drag is not for everybody. But in the same token, you don't have to put on makeup to be a drag queen. Mm-hmm. Being a drag queen is something internal. Yeah. And it's who you are, it's how you act, and it's how you want the world to, pre- um, to perceive you and respect you. You could be a drag and not be a queen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. And speaking of drag and different kinds of drag, Simon, you are no stranger to drag yourself. You've, you've, you've dabbled a bit. Um, can we get uh-uh. the photo three? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to interrupt here because at this point on the screen behind us as we're talking on stage, there's a massive photograph of Simon Doonan from maybe the 80s or 90s in like young Queen Elizabeth drag. He's got like poofy hair, a crown, a sensible dress, a purse, elbow length gloves while he's peeing at a urinal. So very royal. So that's what we're discussing now. FYI. Young. Is she a queen or a princess? She's both. This is <laughs> what, what, what's going on okay. here. Well, because I'm from England, you know, I grew, grew up in England. We were literally drowning in drag. Every TV show, Monty Python, they were all in drag, pantomimes, drag, drag, drag. And my pictures of me in the backyard with my best friends were all in drag, age mm-hmm. 10. Like, English people cannot stay out of drag. <laughs> and so it's a big part of the culture, the bawdy, humorous culture of England is drag. So I never thought twice about it. Halloween is my birthday, and I was always... Okay, let's wait on... Let's talk about this one. Okay, another interruption. So now we are seeing an old black and white photo of about a 10-year-old Simon and his childhood friends basically dressed up like house frows, like little like housewife's drag, with a babushka around his head, looking frumpy on his front steps of his house. It's real cute. They're, you know, just little gay children goofing off. It's adorable. Oh, that's... How old are you? You're Um, on the right? I'm like 10... And uh, yeah, which, which I, my best friend has got the lampshade on his head, and he went on to become a famous drag queen in London in the 70s. His name's Biddy. He used to do this act where he had hats that matched every song. He'd change his hat, and the hats would revolve, and blah, blah, blah. So that was my childhood best friend. I think that if you're young and you're gay and you have a bestie, who's gay or drag queen, that just makes all the difference. Because I was growing up at a time when it was illegal to be gay. So to have a best friend, did you have that? Like a- yeah, yeah. I, me and my friend, uh, my best friend have been friends for 23 years now. Yeah, and I was 16, and it, actually it's our anniversary. Oh. Of being, you know, friends. So he started with me. And the first time I I got in drag, he walked right past me. He didn't know who I was. (laughs) Like, bitch. The milk, did you have that? Did you have, like, a little bestie? Uh, Growing up? Yeah. Uh, Not a gay bestie, but, like, a bestie that I wanted to kiss, you know? (laughs) He was one of the straight ones. And then one day I actually did kiss him on the cheek. And uh-huh. he was angry. Uh-huh. Uh, but I, I was just like, oh, sorry, I just sneezed. <laughs> okay. Are you, wait a minute, are you saying, like, before, like, that age? Like, 10? Yeah. Oh, no. Uh-uh. I wasn't <laughs> thinking about doing drag, honey. See, I was. No, I was not thinking of, now, I was a little flamboyant, you know, I had a little sugar in my tank. 
I want to ask, what is your first memory of drag, of seeing somebody on TV, or just like your first cognitive like moment of like, wait a minute. I think we all uh, can say that we kind of got an experience seeing mm-hmm. Rue on, you know, like magazines and stuff. Right, right. That, and then I was sneaking in clubs and have no business being in the club. And 16. And a little sugar in your tank. And with a little sugar, that means a little twist, a <laughs> little twang, as us Texans say. And um, snuck in a bar mm-hmm. and for the first time saw a drag queen. And Who'd I you was, see? Who was it? Her name was Sally Duvall uh-huh. in Dallas, Texas. She's still alive, thank the Lord. And she's still doing drag to this day. And ah. I, that didn't make me want to do drag, but I was so fascinated by it. Yes. She was absolutely gorgeous. Okay, it's time for a quick break and a nod to our sponsor. And we'll have more Simon, Milk, and Kennedy Davenport right after this. Hey, drag fans. You know, we're at that awkward stage. In between seasons of Drag Race, like we know there's an All-Stars 5 coming in a season 12, but like when and what do we do till then? Well, in addition to getting out and supporting your own local queens in your neighborhood, please do, you can subscribe to WoW Presents Plus, the streaming service from World of Wonder, where you can watch the fabulous docu-series Work the World that follows your favorite queens like Aquaria, Latrice, Violet Chachki, Sharon Needles, Valentina, and many more as they tour the world. It's very up close and real personal. And on WoW Presents Plus, also starting in October, it's the place where you'll be able to watch Drag Race UK on like the day and date that it airs. And I'm told that's in the US and select territories. Plus, on WoW Presents Plus, you can also see like Drag Race Thailand, as well as your favorites like Un and Brolaska and Cool Mama Jinx Monsoon. And honey, you know Jess and Masters class is there, so that's all you really need to know. Hit it up at wowpresentsplus.com, and you can also get a free trial. Ka-ching! Thank you. And now, back to more on stage at DragCon New York with me, Simon Doonan, Kennedy Davenport, and Milk, discussing Simon's life among drag queens and his new book, Drag, The Complete Story. And Simon, who's the first dragon you saw in person? Uh, my mother. Like she, <laughs> oh, I love that. My mother was... Um, she Mine left, too. Yeah. Now that I think of it, yes. My mom, she left school at 13. She grew up in Ireland, in rural Ireland. But she loved Hollywood. She had the vision of Joan Crawford and Betty Davis. So she would do like an overpainted lip. And her hair was that now Voyager up would do and she I never saw her that she wasn't done up to the nines and this is a working class woman who worked like two or three jobs we never saw her in the morning she was in her room getting done up she wore a long line girdle even though she was skinny because women did back then to get the cinch and uh, seamed stockings you know, stockings with a seam. And when they oh, couldn't she was afford in drag, the, honey. Yeah, D-R-A-G. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Michelle Visage would have approved of her. Oh, uh. completely. She was cinching. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the first queen you saw when you came to New York, Simon? Like, coming out in the city. It was going to Studio 54. Yeah. With um, Pat Cleveland, my friend. Okay, I'm interrupting again, just so you can know and look them up. Simon's talking about Pat Cleveland, who was a famous model in the 70s, who many consider to be the first African-American supermodel. And she still makes appearances on like runways today and stuff. She's, she's fabulous. Look her up. Simon's also going to mention Patassa. Patassa de Lafayette. A model, she was gorgeous and fabulous. And she ran around with Salvador Dali and Andy Warhol hitting Studio 54 all the time. She's gorgeous. So he mentions her. And he's also going to mention Rollerina, who's a drag queen from like the 70s and 80s New York, who still can be found roller skating around Manhattan today. She is fabulous and a sweetheart. So she would come to Studio 54 on roller skates. So Rollerina. Okay, back to Simon. Going to Studio 54, there was plenty of drag at Studio 54. There was an incredible queen called Potassa. Does anybody know about Potassa? No. She was very involved in the fashion world, but she was super glamorous. And then there was Rollerina. Yes. Oh, Rollerina. They were all at Studio 54. Ah. Um, so, yeah. And even the women who went, Liza, Bianca Jagger, Liz Taylor. You know, there was a drag component to that, oh. too. Well, Those in, were the days for you, honey. Now, the book is divided into like uh, many chapters of historic drag, art drag. What's your favorite era that you that you learned about when doing this? 
Um, well, it is hilarious to read about like the 18th century because like Louis the 14th, I mean, talk about a drag queen. Like he was, even though he was straight and uh, he, he sort of expressed himself through drag and his brother wore drag at the court of Versailles. And um, in that show, Versailles, his brother is depicted. He was the Duke d'Orléans, the Duke of Orleans. And he would ride into battle with like, ostrich feathers and maquillage and jewels riding into battle and win. <laughs> so, like, the thing I wanted with this book to make history accessible and fun and exciting for younger kids that maybe don't know that Caligula and the Emperor Nero and all these crazy Roman emperors, you couldn't keep them out of a, a lady toga. <laughs> so they, I wanted to make history fun and accessible and ex interesting to people. Now, Milk, if, you know, there's many chapters in the book. There's a comedy drag, glamour drag, historic drag, art So you're drag. saying I'm not glamorous. I'm not in the glamorous we chapter. Who, I was going to ask you, if there was a chapter about Kennedy, what would it be called? Glamour high puss drag. Yeah! <laughs> high puss, right? Yeah. yeah, high puss. The highest. And Kennedy, what would a chapter about Milk be called? Oh Eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Universal. Oh, that's yeah. Nice. I mean, I nice. think I mean you do everything, and you like push the boundaries, and I oh. love it. <laughs> now, I love Simon, it. how did drag play a role in your work at Barney's through the years, as far as like creating decor and just like huge visual moments? Well, there was a huge overlap and I think there still is between window dressing community and the drag community like it were, uh, you know if wig stock was happening I couldn't get any freelancers to work on the windows they were all doing their thing over at Tompkins Square Park so because think about it you have glue guns wigs lashes mannequins frocks the overlap is huge. And then um, on Halloween, the day after Halloween, no one was coming to work. And <laughs> I'd have to write them up, you know, and tell them off for, for not showing up the next day. So drag and window display, huge Venn diagram overlap. And did you ever have queens in the windows? Oh, so many times. Um, I've done loads, Matthew and Zaldi, yes. Suzanne Barch, so many collab drag collaborations. Yeah. Because we were downtown, the, the original Barney's was downtown, so that was our connection with the, the art world and the drag world. I lived in New York from 2001 to 2012-13, and I edited a gay nightlife magazine, and I tried to be out every night running around for Next Magazine was the magazine, and I realized and it was fun and messy, but like there's so much creativity that happens in New York after midnight all across the city at bars, clubs, performances, queens, musicians. It, it, you know, so it just fueled it all. So it's like a huge resource of so many talented people doing things in the city, whether they're in a, in a window or on, a, on top of a pool table at 2 a.m. <laughs> and they're usually people that are from maybe a small town, and because they've got some fire and some chutzpah and some creativity, they get on the Trailways bus and they make their way to New York and they've got something to say and they've got something to offer and they don't, they're fearless and fun. Hello. Yeah. Fearless and amazing. And so those, that's why New York is fun. So I want to ask Milk and Kennedy both, where do you get, talking about getting inspiration, where do you get your inspiration for, for your drag? Is it other queens or visual moments or old movie stars or just animals bouncing through the forest? But where, where do you get inspired? Um, drugs. <laughs> Fair. No, but not, not like the unsafe kind, like the safe kind. Um, no, I, I still don't know quite how to answer this question. I'll yeah. be like listening to music. I'll be seeing something on TV. Also, just like smoking weed and just like coming up with some cool vision. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Kennedy? Um, I grab inspiration from other queens and other people who are in the business. Um, like my designers or people that may do hair. But I always tell them, don't make that. Make something else. You know? <laughs> make something else. Um, 
Um, I think my inspiration really do come from like, especially being on Drag Race is watching the other queens and making things be more organically mean. Yeah. You know, like I take a bit here, take a bit there and just making my own. Right. So, I mean, the, 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 the world is your canvas. Yeah. You know, and you just take what you want and just create it how you want it to be, how you want it to be. Yeah. Amen. And you can look around this room, like even just being here is completely inspiring. And there's just, I mean, there's stuff to buy and put on your body, but also just you see right. people presenting themselves in such amazing ways. Like I think people who, who, I think people who are actually, who are the seamstress and who draws and who does the hair have to be the one that grabs the inspiration the yeah. most. And I think we are their muses. I agree, because I, I, if, if you ask somebody to make something for you, I'm like, yeah. oh my God, Kennedy Davenport is going to be turning and twisting and bounding across the stage and looking glorious and glamorous. That's something somebody wants to Right, my inspiration coming from looking, looking at an artist and saying, I want that. And I never knew who Kennedy Davenport was. I, I didn't have an aesthetic. And when they asked me on season seven, so what's your aesthetic? And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm the dancing diva of Texas. Yes. It came that fast. But then I learned what an aesthetic was. And I but I still I, I, I was looking for someone to give me a voice. So that's why I have. One person that makes my dance costumes, a few people that make other stuff, but I stick with people who I see myself in their work. Well, Simon's book is full of imagery and history. I mean, enough to inspire anybody. We were just thumbing through in the back, and I'm like, damn, I need to get a book. <laughs> I need to get a exactly. book, honey. Library card. Yes. Yes. It's a true library. history, and it's very important, yeah. especially not just for drag queens, but you guys come to see us at these events and the shows and stuff, and it's very important to know the origin and where it came from and all the inspirations that are in this book. I mean, it's very important. I encourage you to go and get it. I want mine for free. Yes, fair. <laughs> now, Simon, I do want to ask. This is a hugely broad question because there's been thousands of looks. But what are like three or four favorite looks that you've seen on Drag Race that you thought that you saw come out and be like, holy? Sh I, as, as a display queen, I respond a lot to Nina Bonina Brown's bizarre yes. excesses. Yeah. Um, obviously, Kennedy Davenport, because like you have such fire and such chutzpah. Like you're, no one can look away, darling. You're like a, you're like a blowtorch. Thank you. <laughs> major. And then I have the whole chapter on art drag, and Milk is definitely in that art drag world where he's kind of like. Tilda Swinton oh meets Carrot Top. Thank you so much. <laughs> meets Carrot Top. Oh. Wait, did no. you say Carrot Top afterwards? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Your Tilda meets Tilda. Yeah. Let's face it. Yeah. We're going to wrap up in a minute, but I, I want to play some word association. I want you all to chime in with queens and topics and things. Okay. So I'm going to start with our cover girl here, Miss Violet Chachki. Violet Chachki, what comes to mind? Exquisite. Work. Yeah. Fashion. Her great Finsta. She has a great Finstagram. Oh, Murray Hill. Drag King Murray Hill. Butch realness. Touched my butt once. Oh, <laughs> lucky you. Oh, yeah. Trixie Mattel. Art drag. Pink. <laughs> I don't know. Just as I thought. <laughs> Trash. <laughs> <laughs> No, wait a minute. It was a joke. I slightly meant it, but she's an artist. Yes. Bianca Del Rio. The New Day Medna. Mm -hmm. Real. Real fake lips and teeth. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. She looks good, though. Okay, this one is a little obscure, and maybe Simon, I, and I learned it from Simon in the book. Jackie Shane. Tell us about Jackie Shane. Jackie Shane was this fantastic trans woman who was a soul singer. She, she was initially wore drag until she transitioned. Jackie Shane, look her up. She had a beautiful voice and very mis mysterious, and she didn't do 
high showbiz glamour. She sort of dressed like Jackie Kennedy, kind of elegant, gloves, very 50s, and a beautiful voice, and she just died recently. She's right. a good example of someone you should, like... Yeah, she had a hit, didn't she? She did. It was called, like... Um... Any Other Way? Yes. Yes. I, 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 I learned about her, so I've been listening on Spotify yes. like crazy. She's amazing. Marsha P. Johnson. Radical. Revolutionary. Okay. Icon. Yeah? Radical yeah. diva. Brave. Just brave. Ballroom drag and the balls. Ballroom drag? Ballroom scene? Yes, ma'am. Magic. History. La Beja. Yes. <laughs> the whole of New York is wrapped up in being La Beja. That's what she says. Remember? Pepper La Beja. Just two more. Suzanne Barsh. Uh, favorite person of all time, best friend for 35 years. I love that woman. She's, she's my mommy. Who's seen Suzanne Barsha's documentary? If you haven't seen it, she is nightlife legend here in New York. Um, and she is still out and about looking fabulous. But not only that, in the, in the 80s, she was so overcome with grief because all of her friends were dying of AIDS. And she did this event in 1985 called the Love Ball. And she used the framework of a voguing ball and raised this extraordinary amount of money even back then. And that's where Madonna first, Madonna came to it. It's where she first saw the extravaganzas, Avis Pendavis, La Beja. And so Suzanne is a force for good in the world. She's always raising money. She just did another Love Ball 3. She is a life-enhancing bitch. I love it. Google uh, it. And finally, RuPaul. Mother. Yeah, yeah, ditto. I would say just Xerox. I don't think you could... There's no way to adequately express the contribution to the culture that Rue has made. You couldn't... I tried in my book to s describe it, and it's very hard because it's so overwhelmingly huge and positive, and it's like a tornado of fabulosity. Yeah, what people... A lot of people don't understand that... It, it doesn't come quick at all. You know, I'm standing here like 23 years strong. I was, it, I would think I was in like 17 or 18 years when I first got on television. And Rue went through the same process. Like, she did so many things. Sing, DJ, whatever, whore. I mean, <laughs> you know, she did it all. And you... It's just a perfect example of not giving up. When you are determined to be something and somebody, regardless of what it is you decide to do in life, she's a perfect example of that because she didn't just start famous. She started from the bottom and worked her way up, you know, and that's how we all have done. Yeah. And it's kind of the story of drag and the story, I, I keep yes. going back to the book, but it's like fighting for who you want to be. And in the most glamorous way possible. <laughs> yeah. Although it doesn't have to be glamorous. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. And by the way, I want to give a shout out to Marty Gold Cummings. I don't yes. know if y'all know who he is. Marty Gold Cummings is a wonderful performer and drag queen and political activist here in New York City. And she is running for city council. So, um, if you see her around or look her up, um, she is doing wonderful things in changing the world. So, yes, somebody got to do it. <laughs> Thank you. And you all are helping in your own way by being your true selves and being artists and inspiring Correct. people. So, thank you. And thank you all for coming. Thank and you, guys. enjoy DragCon. Get your life, honey. Spread Get your love. life. Thank you, Kennedy Davenport. And thank you, Mel. Thank, thank you, everybody. Thank you. Oh, we're doing a picture. Okay. There you go. That was our live podcast at DragCon. So thank you for listening. And a humongous thank you to Simon Doonan again. And please go dig into his book, Drag the Complete Story. It's got a gorgeous Violet Tchotchke on the cover. She is like the cover girl. And it's full of beautiful gaggy photos inside and all kinds of juicy and very informative and witty drag herstory. As you heard, I included in there how Milk gave a shout out to the New York City drag queen Marty Gould Cummings, who's very much a fixture in New York City drag life and who's a big Democratic political activist and who is launching her own run for New York City Council uh, in the coming year. So add a girl. Look her up on 
Instagram at Marty G Cummings. That's M-A-R-T-I-G-C-U-M-M-I-N-G-S. Marty G Cummings. Power to the puss. And now, whew, after all that, it's time for a little break. But after this, hang on for some more moments from DragCon in New York with queens like Miss Vanjie, Maya Perez Balenciaga, Acid Betty, Evie Oddly, and many, many more after this. Holy cow, 2020 is a big year, people. Yes, there's that election thing happening, but also, just across the Atlantic Ocean, RuPaul's Drag Con is taking place for the first time ever outside the United States of America. Honey, this is monumental. Because DragCon is coming to London for the first time on 18th and 19th January at the Olympia London. So, at DragCon UK, you're going to be able to meet the entire cast of RuPaul's Drag Race UK. Michelle Massage is going to be there. RuPaul's going to be DJing from the main stage. And, of course, there'll be just lots of, like, amazing vendors and many, 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 many other queens you love. And tea's going to be served. Like, literally, because it's the UK. Boots, the house, Downton, Abbey, yes, queen mother. Crown's going to be snatched. Crumpets will be bumping. It's going to be cute. So go to RuPaul'sDragCon.com for all the royal UK tea. Yes, go on, save the queens. Okay, we're back. And next up, tape down your wigs because it's time for some fun, deranged sound bites of me chasing many of our drag race girls around the floor at DragCon. I talked to them in the green room, on the main floor, backstage, all over the place, wherever I could corner them, basically. So here we go. Oh, but first, I caught up with a season three legend, Miss Venus Delight, the world-renowned Madonna impersonator, who's also popped up on the TV show Botched due to her love of plastic surgery and her obsession with Madge, which comes up in our conversation. So get into her groove. Well, I'm here in the DragCon green room, a slight, you know, step away from the main floor craziness, and I'm here with the gorgeous Venus Delight. How are you, dear? Hi, everybody. I'm great. How are you? Marvelous. So, how's DragCon been for you? It's now Saturday about 2 p.m. This is probably the most less stressful DragCon I've ever experienced and the most money I've spent on a DragCon. So, yeah, it's, it's a different experience all over. Wait, so you spent more money for this one? I spent over 4000 a beer. Ah, does that include the booth or just your own prep and look? And- that includes, well, I, I just I spent 2000 on the gown. I spent 1000 on face plastic surgery. You know, that's what I'm known for. Just for DragCon? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. What would you do? Well, I had lipo in my chin and I had lipo in my cheeks. I mean, you look fantastic. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, you can't beat age, (laughs) but you can fight it like Cher, you know. Or Madonna. Or Madonna, too. But I think Cher has a better plastic surgeon, you know. Oh, oh my. I'm not going to tell Madge, but that's that's, that's her. I'm just mad at her right now. You know what? Every other female celebrity has had their impersonator on stage or in their video, but Madonna hasn't had me, and that's f***ed up. I support you. I support you. So, like, what's it like being out on the floor here at DragCon? Explain it to someone who's never been. You know what? It's a big party, and you, you just... You have to just come here knowing you're going to have the experience of your life and never have expectations, and that's how you're going to have the full-on experience. I'm here. I'm talking with people I haven't seen in years, being reunited, meeting new friends. It's a whole family reunion. Like, Akasha's here, and I haven't seen Akasha in years. I know, know? and looking amazing. Akasha's here. The the Drag Race Thai girls are here, and i got to tell you, they are the most enjoyable girls that I've ever communicated with. Let's see. I mean, all the queens are on the floor making money, yes. doing panels, going crazy. Who's the favorite person you've run into here? My favorite? Tammy. Why? Tammy Brown. I We both started at the same time 20 years ago. So we have so many stories, you know, and Tammy is one of those persons... One of those people that fame didn't go to her head, <laughs> and she still remembers everybody she had to step on to get to the top, you know. Right. For better or for worse, she for never forgets. For worse, yeah, exactly. Well, did you ever imagine, say, 20 years ago, that you'd be at a place like this, with all this drag happening in this big convention, crazy, and I mean, mainstream, but still celebrating, you know, drag? No, I just wanted to meet Madonna. And then, you know, I'm so blessed with what's happened with the revolution of drag and how it's become mainstream. And, you know, we're brands, we're celebrities, you know, we're people, we're, we're someone that people, a lot of people look up to. Yeah. I'm so blessed for that. It's come a long way. There are so many places. I live in Mexico right now. So oh. Mexico, you know, they, they're Where? in Rosarito Beach. 
Where's that? I moved. Uh, it's about 45 minutes south of uh, San Diego. So I, I moved there more than a year ago. Okay, this is be. I don't mean this to be. I don't mean this rude at all. But like, no. do, is it? Do you get work done in Mexico? Is it? Is it? Is it more reasonable or is it's, it good? It's more reasonable. And I have to say the doctors are better. Fantastic. And I'll tell you why. Because in Mexico, it's a common thing to have plastic surgery. It's not like looked down like how it is in America. <laughs> thank you, Venus Delight. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. And I love you and all your listeners. Next, I encounter season eight's Acid Betty, towering in an eye-searing and gorgeous neon day-glow bodysuit. Though she insists otherwise. Is this thing on? Is this thing on? I am with Acid Betty. She's making herself a cup of tea. She's in the green room. She's refreshing herself. She said she's in her underwear, but I don't believe it. This is underwear? Well, you're in your underwear right now, so so am I, yes. Yay, podcast. You don't think I'm naked because of the shoes. You think shoes makes the outfit. It's true. It's true. <laughs> and they're very high, very gorgeous shoes. How are you, how's your day? Um, it's going good. I'm trying to be as high as my shoes. <laughs> So your booth looked marvelous and like busy, busy, Mary. Yes, mama. It was busy and it still is. They think I'm in it right now. <laughs> is someone else just like... I dress someone up. That's why I'm naked. I dress someone up in my outfit so I could take a break. You could just like, yeah, your, your look today could be a full mask and then you could just hire different people to stand there for you. Um, that's what I do. Yeah. I'm actually not Acid Betty. I'm um, Dusty Ray Bottoms right now. <laughs> filling in for Acid Betty. <laughs> So do you, do you enjoy DragCon? I enjoy meeting the people, talking and meeting the fans and hearing the stories and the personal connections. It like softens the bitter cold heart that I have. I love that part. And what's, what's the most, have you heard a good story today? Or did someone like touch your heart today? Well, no, today I actually spoke to um, a Jewish girl who's having issues with his dad and I'm Jewish. Um, and I was trying to talk with her on how to, expressed to him that she is possibly questioning or non-binary. Um, I thought that was very touching to try to figure out getting around his extremist religion. And I don't know, it was, it was interesting to me. That's fantastic. I mean, I, I'm always impressed by, by the, the youngsters here. Yeah. Like the kids with the parents or not you know, or by the, on their own. I think a lot of kids come here who are have questioning, maybe want to move away or change their lives. I met a kid who's 18 from Tennessee who came here by himself. Stunning in full drag. Rhinestone's gorgeous. I thought she was beautiful. And he was uh, he didn't even have a drag name. And she, he, she said, was just like, I'm just here to see what my next step is. I think I'm going to move out of Tennessee. I'm like, yeah, if you're here by yourself. What's what's she look like? I want to go find her and talk to her. Well, she, skinny as hell and covered in rhinestones. That's about everyone here. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Thank you. All right. Okay. Bye, you neon gorgeous creature. Bye, all you faggotrons. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This next moment, I ran into season nine's Alexis Michelle, who is literally dressed just like Judy Garland as Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. Hair in braids, a blue gingham pinafore look, the whole shebang. And she's with another one of my favorite queens. So we're in the green room here. There's macaroni and cheese. There's Mrs. and Mr. Kasha Davis. And there's Alexis and Michelle giving us Dorothy, full-on friend of Dorothy. Not friend of Dorothy, actual Dorothy. Literal Dorothy in the house. So any tips for how to survive DragCon, Mrs. Kasha Davis? Well, I'm wearing Darien Lakes flats. Uh, that's important. And today I chose to wear a little girl's shoe. They just happen to be made of rubies. Ruby slippers. It's important to have sensible shoes because what happens is it travels up to your smile. And while you're saying hello to these children, you have to have a little bit of some happiness. I always tell girls, do not wear impossible <laughs> shoes at meet and greet because you will look like a miserable bitch. And maybe right. you'll be a miserable right. bitch to people. Right. So only, I ne- And there's only one Mimi I'm first. So. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll move on. Thank you. Thank you both. Bye. Bye. Now, this next encounter with a true drag superstar is just a peeping Tom tease. And I think you'll guess who it is. Is it on? Is that? Who, who is this? <laughs> just listen to the voice and follow me into the light, Carol Ann. I'm answering questions. Hold on. Vanjie, how's your, I think you need, I think you needed somewhere. I, I just stopped you because you, well, because you're. It's okay. Sometimes in life, when things stop you, you just stop. Like the cops. <laughs> if they stop you, you stop. All right, move along, ma'am. Move along. I'll be back. We're going to finish this later. Bye. 
Okay, if you haven't guessed, that was a quick interaction with Miss Vanessa Vanji Mateo as I stumbled across her. So, to keep it going, I followed her from the green room as she moved across the main Javits Center floor at Dragon with a drink in her hand. All aboard the Miss Vanji Express. Okay, we are walking with Miss Vanessa Vanji Mateo to her booth. She is dressed like a basketball player. Because guess what? Slam dunk on these hoes when I secure my bag. I'm at DragCon, and these bitches don't want to see me in the court or in the courtroom uh, with a lawyer. I'm just playing. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Hi, everybody. So, Miss Vanji, how's your day? My day has been great. I am blessed and highly favored. And, bitch, I have a great cocktail. Uh-huh. And I'm feeling fabulous. And I'm about to slide through Michelle's booth and say hi because I know she loved me yes. deep down inside her cold-hearted snake heart. Okay, we're approaching the booth of Michelle Visage, like a, like some gorilla team assaulting. Put my, I need a shirt on, lay away. Oh, so you want to, I know what you're trying to do, but I'm going to do it because I'm, I'm the people's queen. So now she's getting, someone's getting a two for one photo moment with Michelle Visage. A fan has brought Vanjie over <laughs> and she's ambushing this moment. Okay, so as I walked along with Vanjie, a fan who was already posing for a photo with Michelle Visage in her booth saw Vanjie and called her over to join the photo moment. And she did. So we're here on the floor of DragCon. People are everywhere. Queens are everywhere. I'm trying to follow Vanjie as she walks to her booth. But of course, because it's Vanjie, that's an impossible task because she stops every three seconds to talk to somebody and scream. And she's wonderful. She's coming back this way, folks. Hang on. Thank you. Come see me at my booth, 453-2345-728-423133. So how much does it cost to have a booth here, Vanjie? Child, you know, I don't do the math because I don't want to stress myself. I just come and, yeah, I don't know. Who's the sweetest person you've met here? The sweetest person I've met, I mean, uh, the little the little ones are super cute and always, like, I just love the kids. Seeing the little kids dressed up is the cutest. So now what queen would you stand in line for to get a picture with? Mm, Mama Roo. <laughs> I, want, I was looking for her. I want to DJ with Mama Roo. Let her DJ and let me yell on the mic. Go, why, go, go, You know, like the hype man. Yes. Okay, look, we're, we're approaching your booth. There's a million people here. They're waiting for Miss Vanjie. They're clamoring. They're chanting like people on the streets of downtown L.A. They're saying... We want the bench. We want the bench. It's an epidemic. It's a problem. Everybody's been infected. Everybody's been mutilated. That ass, that, they want the bench. And I say, momentarily, I will be at my booth. I'm walking over there now. This will not make sense to you listeners, because guess what? You are not here, and you are MIA. And I'm sorry about it. But hey, I don't even know what I was going to say. Who is this? Oh, come on. All right, I love y'all. Bye, Vanjie. Make some money. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, girl. That was our walk with Vanjie across the hall as she's shouting, Honey, it's a lot. The realness. Hello, who am I talking to? It's the one and only Miss Laganja Stranja. Who else? Insert clapping. Yay. No, this is stunning. So you are made of money. You're wearing this outfit that is just like dollar bills, honey. You've been tipped well. Yeah, dollar, dollar bill, y'all. She's here to represent. She's looking for money in the future, and she wants everyone to know it. So to be clear, Laganja is dressed in an outfit that looks like a giant couture wad of dollar bills. If each bill was about five feet wide and scrunched up into like a statement bustier around her for this tutu bodysuit extravaganza thing. So how's DragCon for you today? Well, I literally just got here. I'm a little late. Figures, right? Stoner, you know, had... Had some incidents this morning, but uh, I'm excited to be here. I can't what wait to happened? see Well, the outfit I'm currently wearing is held together with duct tape. The stylist decided to not show up and sent it in an Uber broken. But I'm a queen and I prevailed, honey. We took that pussy tape, slapped it together, and here we are. This is all gorgeous. You are put together and stunning. I'm so glad to see you. It's good to see she you, She has too. striking green boots on. Yes, I love all these descriptive words. What about the legs? They're glistening. They're glowing. They are. This like subtle shimmer. lustrous platinum hair. Ooh, sponsored by Webster Wigs. <laughs> yes. 
So what, what else is new from Miss Laganja? Well, besides releasing a new edible, which I just did with Fruit Slabs, all organic, vegan, gluten-free, and, of course, for my Jewish folk, it is kosher certified. Um, but I'm also working on more music, looking at launching a tour next year at 420, my solo debut show. Uh, there's always, you know, new things in the works for me. I'm an artist, so you never know what you're going to get. So if I enjoy one of your new edibles, how's it going to make me feel? It's going to make you feel like you had just a nice, easy, healthy 10 milligrams of THC. That sounds marvelous. Yeah, it's perfect for a festival or five or seven if you want to really crank it up at a rave. And what is your advice for someone coming to DragCon for the first time, like a fan? Carry duct tape. Because <laughs> you'll make friends with every queen in the house. Exactly. Duct tape and nail glue. If you got those two things, honey, you're going to have a good DragCon. Bring the nail glue and you'll make friends. Yes, bring the nail glue. I actually need some right now. Look at the thumb. It's barely hanging on. I think if you walk, walk out in the middle of the floor and say, I need nail glue. I think, think someone will come. Yes, I do. Thank you, Laganja. Thank you, sweetheart. It's good to see you. <laughs> the realness. So I'm here with Layla and Milk, and we're sitting on the sofa. Milk is dabbing her eyes. My green, my green eyes in the green room. Not pink eyes on the pink carpet. Oh, and right. her brown eye. <laughs> She'll be dabbing her brown eye in a moment. That was Layla McQueen, of course. How are you, Layla? I'm alive and well. Now, a friend of mine who was here yesterday said, oh, I love Layla. I think I hooked up with Layla and her boyfriend once. And I'm like, it's possible, right? Oh, entirely. Yay. See, Dracon is full of love. Oh. And speaking of love, here is Jiggly Caliente. Hey, Jiggly. Hi, boo. How's your day, gorgeous? So far, so good. Yeah, what's the nicest thing someone has said to you? Oh, my God. They have all, everybody's saying how much weight I've lost, so I'm kind of happy about that. <laughs> you're, you're, you're like a little slip of a thing. Mm, I think I tried. I'm trying. What's your secret? Oh, just smaller portions. And, yeah, and I don't eat after midnight. And she smokes <laughs> 12 packs of Marble Reds a day. Shut up. <laughs> 12 packs. 12. One, two. She smokes 12 packs a day. <laughs> That's why I look so weathered. packs of dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Kasha Davis is smooching milk. Milk is putting on lip liner. I think it's lip liner. I, don't, I know nothing about makeup. Milk knows what it is either, to be totally fair. But Layla McQueen is the makeup expert. She's one of the greatest makeup artists we have living today. Stop it. Thank you. And Jiggly, what else are you doing tonight? Tonight? Yeah. Sleep. And tomorrow? Drag con. And then what? Going to Black Girl Magic. Yes! I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm super excited. Super excited. All the beautiful girls. Uh, can't wait. Are you performing? No. Well, I can't. I'm Asian. We, I'm going to have to do Walk the World. No. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Coming soon, Walk the World. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm going to be part of Walk the World with Yuha, Kimchi, Manila. <laughs> Gia, yeah, all Asian girls. Why are you shutting down on Gina? Oh, on Gina, I forgot. There's a lot of us now. <laughs> oh, wait, Fifi, because she's half. She's only Fifi. doing one number. Like, Fifi and Manila make one Asian. Yeah, they have to do a duet. Okay, um, this podcast just got canceled. <laughs> Bye. Thanks, everybody. Wait, they have to watch Pose. Yes, yes. I, I'm going to catch up on season two. It's, it's the best show on TV. I love it so much. Thank oh, you. I can't wait for you guys to see us. What's happening to you on Pose? Well, I don't know what's going to happen to my character yet, but so far, they've had me go off a couple times already, so I don't know. Maybe that's, like, my thing. That's not, I don't think that was in the script. I think she was just in the mood. You are no. like, I'm going to pop off. <laughs> no, that was good. Mr. Murphy likes me, so I can't complain. He's no fool. He knows good TV and a gorgeous actress. Thank you. All right, moving on, moving on. <laughs> okay, that whole moment was just very drag con. Queens just being queens, cracking up and razzing each other. And then, oh, let's talk to a winner, baby. And a queer icon, together. <laughs> I'm with Miss Evie Oddly. Howdy, howdy. <laughs> and the stunning T.S. Madison. Child, you don't, they don't know me. Yes, they do. Oh, okay. Hi, guys. It's me, T.S. Madison. Hi. Oh, and I'm with yeah. Evie, Evie the Oddly Oddly. It's true. We were just talking about my penis. Yes. And uh, how is your penis? Apparently fine. <laughs> Any complaints? Uh, only a few. <laughs> Praise God for small miracles or big miracles. Or, or big miracles. I don't know. It was blurred out on TV. So how is it being at Dracon as a winner, baby? It's uh, really crazy because I feel like I'm falling into this line where I'm doing drag because I love it. And that's what it's supposed to be. Uh, I know, right? Wait, and before it was more like just... Well, how old was it before? 
I mean, I've always done drag because I love it, and I did uh, the ideas that I wanted, but there was this feeling that I really wanted people to like me, and I just don't care one way or the next. I mean, I hope you like me. I hope it goes well, but I'm, I really want to, like, be the gritty mess that I am. Yay. Well, that's, what, that's why people love you. Yay. I mean, not because you're a gritty mess, because you're a wonderful human. <laughs> gritty mess, wonderful human. Both are on my resume. <laughs> Skills, rollerblading, <laughs> hot glue gunning. Yeah, hot, hot glue gunning all the way. What's the like, weirdest thing that's happened to you with the fans so far? Or nice? Or I mean, I feel like all of it is weird. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm still really bad at soaking it up, but it's a trip to me that people know my name before they walk up to me instead of me being like hey no 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 no! i promise i'm worth taking a picture with (laughs) of course you are thank you gorgeous thank you okay those are my quick chats with a few of our gorgeous drag race queens but DragCon is also full of merchants, vendors, nonprofits, organizations, and still a lot more people selling everything from hair to nails to t-shirts, cosmetics, jewelry. Some are queer people, some are allies, and some are drag queen entrepreneurs themselves. Which brings us to a fabulous gourmet food merchant named Shaquanda, a Brooklyn queen I've known for years who makes the best hot sauce in the world. And it's a recipe inspired by her own Caribbean grandma. So, here is Shaquanda from Shaquanda's Hot Pepper Sauce. I'm reporting live from Shaquanda's Hot Pepper Sauce here on the ground floor at DragCon. There's hot sauce samples being divvied out. People are enjoying the spice. Shaquanda, what's happening? You know, just out here slanging them sauces, trying to get everybody to taste my delicious new flavors and the original. So tell me how your Shaquanda's hot sauce came to be. Well, actually, uh, Simon at Bushwig asked me to perform some years back, and I said I would only do it if I could do it in people's mouths. <laughs> and so that's when Shaquanda's hot sauce was born. What's it like selling to the folks here at DragCon? Oh, it's wonderful, like just the amount of love and energy and all the different beautiful faces and outfits and I know I couldn't be like in a happier place well and this is for a podcast which just will not do it justice because your booth is gorgeous there's tropical prints there's hot peppers everywhere there are there's your beautiful image you yourself are a vision explain what you're wearing oh I'm wearing a long blue caftan inspired by Yemaya the goddess of the sea oh yes and then I have a head wrap to you know, prevent the hairs from dropping in the sauce that I'm serving. That's very conscientious and probably up to health code. Why did you start making hot sauce? How did you start cooking? I've always cooked. My grandmother was a chef and from the Caribbean, and I've worked in uh, restaurants in front of house for many years. And going to art school, I wanted to study kind of like interdisciplinary arts and like kind of following through by creating something that was a performance by taste and truly a self-portrait of myself and my life by incorporating food, drag, art, and, you know, fabulousness. And you're so good at it. From your days as a bingo hostess assistant to, uh, to a hot sauce magnate, what can't you do? I can't bottom after eating a lot of hot sauce. Good <laughs> advice, Dracon shoppers. I would warn, yes, have a little sauce, but if you're going to bottom, don't have too much sauce. Sauce responsibly. Thank you. Check out Shaquanda's Hot Sauce at www.shaquanda, that's S H A. Q-U-A-N-D-A WillFeedYou.com Kishikonda will feed you. It's true. She just fed me some chips and some salsa and I have a bag full of it now. Thank you. Thanks. Mmm, <laughs> spicy. And now, one queen at DragCon was making a big splash. She was on politically themed panels, running around helping register people to vote because she's a civically minded New York queen. But that's not all. Yes, Marty Gould Cummings is a drag queen who's been performing around New York City for years now, always growing more politically active and even heading up local Democratic organizations. And she just recently announced her campaign to run for New York City Council in her upper Manhattan district. Yes, honey, that is drag queen for city council, Marty Gould Cummings. And here she is. In the, we're in the lobby of the Javits Center. We're in the lobby of the lobby, yeah. <laughs> Marty Gould Cummings. Superstar New York City drag queen and candidate for city council. Hi. 
Girl, is that not the most wild thing? When people like all day have been like, oh, you know, at the panels, like introduced me as city council candidate. I'm like, oh, this is, it's happening. It's happening. Like, it's wild. What pushed you to, to make the move to run? Well, I think queer representation of all types matter. And I think it's important to have that voice at the table. And in city council, particularly, there's five gay people elected right now. Yeah. They're all term limited. So I want queer people of every part of the umbrella to run so we can have a great LGBTQ caucus in the next city council. Gorgeous, gorgeous. And how's being here at DragCon fueled your drive? I had no idea so many people knew I was running. Like, it's wild. Like, all these, like, people coming up to me. And what's exciting for me, what's going to get, it's a two-year cycle, okay? This is a marathon, not a sprint. What's going to get me through it is these young kids who are, like, 15, 16, 17 years old who are going to be voting for the first time in a couple of years. And they're like, oh, I've never seen somebody like me run for office before. And you're doing it. And it's like... It's incredible, you know? It's really moving. Be the drag queen change you want to see in the world. Yes, girl. Yes. For these kids, I'm like, work. Make the change. Change the wig and go on out. Like, (laughs) it's fierce. I'm excited. Make some tips, too. Yeah, make some tips while you're at it. Tip my campaign, girl. (laughs) Being a queen who has not been on the show. Sure. How is DragCon for you? Listen, I think... First of all, I'm obsessed with RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, But I like that DragCon allows queens like me, who haven't been on the show, to have a platform, you know? Like... I, lo- I love that yeah, I was on a panel with Brini uh, Maxwell and, and Flotilla Barge and Mary Cherry. Meatballs running around, yeah. doing stuff. So it's great that like the, the Drag Race umbrella family is welcoming in girls yeah. who haven't been on the show. So for me, it's been a great experience. Yeah. And so I think DragCon is like, sure, like a lot of the big draws are Drag Race girls. But people who, who may not know who I am come to my panel and they're hearing my message for yeah. the first time. So it's, I'm really grateful to it. So, like, what are you going to wear on election night? On election uh, night, uh, I'll pro- I'm a caftan girl. I want to be comfortable. Uh, but on, on my inauguration day, girl, yeah. she's going to have the most fierce tailored suit you ever did see with a good pump and a good... I'm going to get some nice, like, you know, like, Texas political hair? Like, yes. I'm going to get that good, I'm going to get that good, like, Delta Burke hair made by Delta Work, you know? <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be fierce. And what do you say to, like, a constituent, a, a potential voter... Who's like, drag queen? What the hell am I going to vote for a drag queen? Right? Like, we were just talking about this on the, the panel that I was doing. For me, it's like, listen, drag is a way, like, I love drag. It's an extension of who I am. I've been doing it for a long time. And so the, the news is picking up, oh, drag queen running. And then we highlight the issues. So the voters, I believe, will see the human being be, behind the eyelash. I'm not going to go to every event in drag. But when I do, they're going to see, like, Oh, this is somebody who is a serious candidate who should be taken seriously. I'm on my community board now. I go and drag because I have gigs after. So all the people who are coming out to the community board in the neighborhood know that I do this. And I think it's just like clothes are clothes. It's all just fabric sewn together in a different way. So who cares? Yeah. And like we're all part of the community, like whether you're a gay person, a drag queen, a single mom, whatever. Yeah, And I think it's important, you know, like. A lot of people are saying, oh, you're, you're, you're the drag queen candidate or you're the candidate for queer people. Yes, but I'm also a candidate who's running to represent all 150,000 people in my district. And by doing that, also representing all 8.7 million New Yorkers. You know, I'm, I'm obviously representing the LGBTQIA community, but I'm going to fight for every single person that lives in this city because they deserve somebody to give them a voice in City yeah. Hall. And no one is more authentic than a drag queen. Girl, that's true. You can't really like... There's no, there's no filter. You're what you're gonna get what you're gonna get. I mean, there are filters. There are like Instagram filters, yeah. season Girl, one filters. She, I give me a season one filter. By the end of this round, I'm gonna look real in need of a, a lift or something. I gotta, I gotta look good. Thank you, thank you. Yes. Well, yeah, everyone looks good, Dracon. Yes, yes, especially true. you. Thank you. It's good to see you, my love. Bam! And if you want to know more about Marty and their campaign for New York City Council, you can start via their Instagram at Marty G. Cummings. That's at M-A-R-T-I-G Cummings. C-U-M-M-I-N-G-S. And now, one final note from DragCon, courtesy of one of my favorite queens ever. Okay, so I'm here with Mariah Paris Balenciaga in the green room, and she just dropped a DragCon bomb in me, on me because her booth is next door to Monique Hart. And what have you been doing? Brown Sal Cunning got that oink oink sensation. Brown Sal Cunning. Thank you. DragCon, that's all we need. DragCon's over. <laughs> America. Amer- America. 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 <laughs> We're out. 
Okay, and that is it from DragCon NYC 2019, kids. Brown sow cunning. Thanks to all the queens for chatting, to Simon Doonan, Milk, and Kennedy Davenport for doing the live podcast on stage at DragCon. A reminder, please check out Simon Doonan's book, Drag the Complete Story, at a fine bookseller online or down the street from where you live. And also, just keep an eye and ear out for more of the official RuPaul's Drag Race podcast goodness coming your way. Now, having said that, to sing us out, here is Trixie Mattel, recorded live on stage at the New York City Drag Con, singing her cover of Kitty Girl. It's, like, really good. She's so good. You know, you're so good. You deserve it. Bye. Know you're sexy and keep slaying the game. Let the world remember your name. Feel your bust down deep in your soul. Let your body lose control. Hey, kitty girl, it's your world. When you walk the street, step into the beat. Hey, kitty girl, get your twirl. In the disco heat, you're the boogie better rockin' queen. Step aside, I'm back again. So hype, so lit, adrenaline. I'm Shangela, say what? Wow, no sound from you guys. Let's try that again. I'm Shangela, say what? I'm gonna take this first just to let you know. Don't listen to the haters, be a pro. Cause I work my way, pay my dues. Now I got the whole world singing holly. Kitty girl, it's your world. When you walk the street, step into the beat. Hey, kitty girl. Get your twirl in the disco heat. You're the boogie, you better rock and queen.